And of course, if you don't get a conversion, that doesn't mean that paid ads doesn't work. It's potentially that angle that didn't work. Welcome to the Chill Mom Boss Show with me, your host, Michelle Han. Today, we have someone very special because he has a long journey or experience in entrepreneurship yeah. and has built many businesses. Uh, without any further ado, welcome, Kevin. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Kevin. Um, I'm here. Like, I'm just like, I run Roy Media right now, but my journey sort of started maybe about 10, 12 years ago when I was much younger. So growing up, I grew up in New York. I've always was interested in computers and programming. And really, I was always interested in like games. So that's kind of how I got into programming. And then back then, I was really into reading about startups and tech. So I'm not sure if you heard of like that show, like uh, that website called like TechCrunch. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I was always reading that a lot back then because I was like, okay, I want to do a tech startup and I'm seeing all these companies raise money. This is something where I want to do. And that is really how I then got into like programming um, for just like in general. And then Mm -hmm. when I went to college, I still wanted to do something with programming. So then I took computer science and then that's how I got started with computer science. And even when I was in, in school in Binghamton, upstate New York, I was still, um, I'm not sure if I remember told you, but I had like a consulting firm there where I did, uh, we did web development, iPhone development, web development. Um, so with Wilson, who's a current partner with me at Boy Media, we started our own web development firm because he was a designer and I was a programmer and I still wanted to do things. So what we did was our website back then was called one tiny bit.com. <laughs> yeah. So what we did, so we need to get clients. And so what we did is we wrote a program that would scrape Craigslist, the local Craigslist in Binghamton. And then we would automatically send an email saying, hey, my name is Kevin. I'm a web developer at College of Binghamton. We'd love to talk to you about your project that you just posted on. And, ah. and that's how we oh, were able to get our first. Yeah, that's how we were first able to get our first few clients. Um, eventually, we had our other friend, Eric, who was also a business student at Binghamton, join us too to do a lot of the business development. But it was us three. Um, but then we're like, what, 20-ish doing startup stuff. Because I still wanted to do like, my own thing and i figured like hey let me just sort of help other founders um because i also needed money <laughs> so yeah yeah and it's only been 12 years and you had um you've been a developer at min.com and you started yes. a home cleaning business and you grew it from zero to three million in 18 months uh, yeah. your own e-commerce company chester travels and, and then, then we have- media yeah yeah so basically how that happened was after college, uh, like I told you before, I still wanted to go to like California was like what I kept reading about. Like, oh, you need to go to California. And that's where all the startups are. Yeah. Everybody's like, if you want to do a startup, you got to go there. So right when I graduated college, um, I went, I moved out to California. And this is like, this, mind you, like I've never been to California. I never lived there. I only like read about it. It's kind of one of the things like you read about it and you think about it. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go do it. I got a job at Mint and I was like, okay, it's a great opportunity for me. Um, I want to live in that Silicon Valley, Silicon area. And that just moving there just really like made me even like want to do startups even more. Like go that environment. I went there. I was like, whoa! Like what I read online, what people are saying no, is true. Yeah, you can just feel it. And it's just yeah. not not enough, isn't it? Yeah, I was like, whoa! You can like, really feel it here. Like everybody's talking about tech. Everybody's talking about programming. Like I'm here with like you're, you're like oh I'm here with my people. Like these people understand me. They they know they want to do the same thing I want to do. 
Right. Um, so I was there for, I was there for about four years. Yeah. And then after Mint, basically, I was, I wasn't at Mint for four years, but after Mint, I went uh, to another company. Um, and then at that company, we were doing a lot of local services. So we were, we were like a platform, uh, kind of like, um, uh, we're like a platform for like local services. So cleaning services at one, right? Mm-hmm. Plumbers, uh, um, you know, carpet cleaners. So basically I was there for a while and then I was just like looking at some of the numbers and some of the metrics. I was like, oh, wow, it looks like cleaning companies are doing really well here. I was like, it's an interesting business model that I never thought about. And then I was like, and then I was looking at why customers were just like, hey, like the cleaner is late, the cleaner didn't show up. And yeah. I was like, basically like a lot, of the, a lot of the cleaners were making money, but they weren't running it as like a business. They yeah. were just like independent workers just working on their own thing. So they didn't yeah. really think about yeah, self-employed. So mm-hmm. then I was just like, by that time, I wanted to leave and do my own company. So I left Mint. Uh, sorry, I left that, that company. And the company was called Zarly. I left and went back to New York, which I am right now. And then I said, then I decided, let me do a cleaning company because I think there's demand for this thing, especially okay. we live in New York City. And I want to make it into a company versus like me actually going out and cleaning. Right? Yeah, I didn't want to. No, I, I'm really bad at cleaner. But... <laughs> I basically made that into like just a business of, mm-hmm. uh, of cleaning. And that's how we grew the company because we also saw New York city had so much demand. So we were mm-hmm. able to rank up on Google. Like for example, like we're like made service NYC home cleaning NYC. We're like top three on Google. Um, mm-hmm. So we were able to get a lot of business that way. And that's how we organically grew. So you were matching cleaners to businesses or um, residents? Uh, to- Residents, residential cleaning. We just started doing probably, so for the longest time we did residential cleaners, uh, Mm -hmm. residential cleaning because we were able to charge a little bit more and it was more recurring. Whereas Mm -hmm. now we do cleaning for offices, but the margins on that are so slim because they know that like they have like, you can come in like every day and they'll be like, hey, let's start a deal for residential cleaning. You can charge a bit more because it's someone's private home and they yeah. want to pay more for like, hey, this is my home. I'm really to pay more because I care about the stuff that I have, uh, the quality of my the cleaning products, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So for the lot, for like, like oh, into your house, right? You need yeah. to know that it's, it's trustable security and all that. Hey there, I'm taking a short break to let you know that if you've been thinking of starting a business, but you just don't know where or how to start, or you've been in business for a while, but you're that frazzled entrepreneur trying to do everything, but your business is still not growing, here's the good news, my friend. I have a free webinar on thechillmom.com just for you because understanding the five necessary components to the foundation of any successful online business will save you years of agony, expensive mistakes and sleepless night wondering why the heck you aren't seeing any results yet. So join me and register at michellehon.com slash passion to profit and discover the five pillars that all six and seven figure businesses Abilton. Exactly. And that is, that is probably one of the biggest things that we were able to do establish trust is like we got the certificates, the insurance, whatever was required in order to build that trust. And then of course, just having great reviews online helps as well. Mm. So and through then, your journey of building all these businesses, I suppose you learn more and more about digital marketing and that's how you started Boy Media? Well, yeah, I think like that's people, people ask me like, how did you learn digital marketing? I mean, like whenever I think like starting a company is the best way to learn any sort of marketing because you have to like market yourself, especially 
in the beginning, I didn't have any money. I was like, uh, I have to learn SEO. What's SEO? Okay, let me go Google it. Let me go look it up. Let me go find out how to apply Quiet. it. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing. It's like, that's a, I think the biggest difference is like, you can always read about it, but then when it's your own business and your own products, you're actually going to apply it. And that's when you're going to actually learn what stuff does work or doesn't work. And I think that is the biggest difference between like what makes like really good marketers and great marketers is like reading it and then the application of it. It's like, I always tell people it's like math growing up. Like when your teacher does a math problem and you look at it, you're just like, oh, that makes sense. And then you go home, you do the homework and you're like, what just happened? Like, yeah, you're like, wait, this numbers don't make sense. It's the same concept with anything. Reading it and applying it to are different things. Um, but that's exactly how I got into more digital marketing. After, after I was running uh, Maytailers for a few years, I wanted to do something different. And I saw that e-commerce was booming. So then, like, you know, FBA, Fulfillment by Amazon was really big. So I started, I started another company in between the luggage company that we de- sell outdoor gear. And that's really how I learned a lot about uh, Fulfillment by Amazon. We were, I was in China uh, like to the Canton Fair. I went to China three times to meet my suppliers, to meet the factories. Um, we were doing everything. We were for the outdoor gear company. We're in retail stores. We're on Amazon. We're went to, we've gone to trade shows. That's really like the first company that I learned purely e-commerce. And I learned how to do um, Amazon ads. I learned how to do Facebook ads, Google ads from there. And then basically kind of like I tell people it's like leveling up. You learn a little bit every time you do a new company. Um, and then again, with all these companies that we have, it looks like a lot but we eventually hire people to run them, right? So it's like, okay, cool. Now I start them and then you run them because that's like, you don't want to be running your own thing forever. Um, yeah. So then, then we started doing the, the luggage company and that's when we were, we were looking, that company's called Chester. We were looking at uh, what went wrong. When I say wrong, I mean like, what could we have done better with the, with the outdoor gear company? And we saw that there's so much competition out there because it was such a, a price. It was a price of about $50, $60. So it's not expensive, but it's not cheap. But with all this online of people talking about FBA, hey, it's so easy to get started. Everybody was flooding the market, right? And then eventually if people flood the market, it's just the, it's a price war. And you don't want to get into a price war. That's why for us, we want to really make it into a brand. So we were really focused on Amazon reviews, uh, YouTube reviews, uh, blogger reviews. We're like, our, the, we sell tracking polls. We're like top, we're like the top tracking polls on the New York Times, the number one poll there, because it's a great product. But for the luggage customer, Chester, we wanted something that was um, more high-end and that cost more money. That way, there wasn't that many competitors out there that want to enter the market. And that's why we started Chester. Um, and then that company took us about six months to get started. Nice. So there's a lot there. Yeah, sorry. There's a lot yeah. in that. Well, so, okay. but, like, it's like, now because you've been in a service business, so like a service platform and then a product business. And so Boy Media, now that you're serving clients from – yeah. different industries, different sort of product and services. So, yeah, and, and you exactly. saw like I have experience in those fields and I can adequately advise you on how to spend your money on ads. Well, yeah, that, that's exactly what we tell brands we work with. It's like, hey, like when you work with us and you're not just working with like someone that does marketing, I actually mm-hmm. have my own businesses that I've learned and this is why it makes sense. And, and that is like the strongest sort of, um, you know, when people probably ask like, oh, why should I work with you versus competitor? I'm like, this is why. Like, I've actually had my real companies. Like, you can actually go look at them and I apply what I have in, in your stuff and also my, my stuff. Yeah. And these things are still ongoing as well. So you are consistently yeah. learning the new thing in the market, the new trends. Yep. New trends, new things. Like right now, like, like for example, our outdoor gear company, that one's doing really well right now. Uh, like people, but even obviously with the luggage company, like yeah. that's clearly not doing well at all. It's like, <laughs> it's just bad. It's just bad right now. For, for that. Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. 
bad time for the cleaning company it's it's been okay like it's it, it wasn't it wasn't too bad it wasn't too good but now things are picking up again so like all the stuff that that other people are going through like we i i feel it like three or four times because i have like all these other companies i'm just like okay like it's it's a little bit different for each company but sort of like stabilizes right yeah so a lot of my listeners are solo entrepreneurs they're just starting the business or the business is just starting to take off so how do you advise them on like how to get into paid advertisement how do they tip their toes wet a little bit like how do you get into it at what uh, point not spending money on paid advertisement i think it makes sense when you sort of establish like a product market fit like do you does your product or service actually solve something that people want and are people willing to pay you um, mm-hmm. and i think that you can do that with paid advertisement or you can also do that with pure because um, I think for paid advertising, that makes sense is like you, you, you can also you can use paid ads to sort of check if you want to buy your product. So it's always great to start in the beginning, but it's even better depending on the price that you have or the thing that you have. Sometimes it's even good to just do cold emails or cold outreach and see if people are willing to buy your product. And then if they are, that means you have something there. Really what you're looking for when I tell entrepreneurs now is like, is what you have something that people want to buy? And of course, you can always test that with um, paid ads, which is great. But another great way to do it for free in case for solo entrepreneurs or solo founders is use the Google keyword planner, right? Look up the keywords that people are looking up for. And people, if you want to buy it, that product, they're probably looking for it. Like I always tell people when I build stores or when I build stuff, I'm not creating like something brand new, like made company, like that's been around for hundreds of years, right? I'm just, but I'm looking for, it's like, how do I take that? I know people are looking for this product. How do I make it better, right? Mm outdoor gear company that's been around for a year luggage chester that's not new but like how do i make it better and sort of think put my own spin on it because i know there's demand for it and then when there's demand for it that makes paid advertising a lot easier but also of course it makes it harder because there's demand for it so then Mm -hmm. its costs go up but i think it's a combination of both with does your product have demand and then um do you can you sort of fulfill the need of the the, that demand with like a unique your unique perspective um because if you have a product for example um, if you have a product that no one's searching for, then that's kind of like harder because you have to educate a user about why they might need it. And that's when like you really need money there. So I don't suggest that for like new founders until like maybe you've done one or two startups and then you have cash that you really need to like throw in to, to, to test something. Okay. So as soon I would take that as as soon as you have some customers yep. that are willing to yeah. spend money with you, even without spending on ads and things like that. You have conversion already. Yeah, so, you have conversions, yep. So we're ready now. We have some conversion. People are buying. We think we have the product market fit. What is the absolute minimum at budget we allocate? Yeah, so I think that's a good question. So when you think about ad budgets for solo entrepreneurs, solo founders, is we, like, let's say you're doing Facebook ads because that's sort of what we do a lot here is, Think about like how much you want to pay to acquire a customer. For example, let's say you want to pay $30 to acquire a customer, right? I think ideally you want to be spending at least three times that amount a day on any platform to sort of see if you're going to get some sort of conversion. So, and then you want to spend that over three days at least, right? So if it's like $30, it'd be $9 a day. So it'd be like, you know, $270 in three days to test it out um, to give you enough chances to sort of see like, am I going to get a conversion on on the platform to make it work. And of course, if you don't get a conversion, that doesn't mean that paid ads doesn't work. It's potentially that angle that didn't work. That's why paid ads is so tricky because it's like, 
it's, it could be the ad. It could be the image that you use. It could be the copy. It could be the landing page. It could be your website. This doesn't work. Right. So, um, that's why it's, it's a little tough, but like, I think you, I think you need to go with a mindset for paid ads as, okay, I'm testing it and I'm trying to buy data to see if it's going to work. And the wrong mindset is like, Hey, I tried it once. It didn't work. It's like, no, it's like anything. It's like, you got to keep doing it. And then saying like, it's an investment into your business. And I think people think about it as like wasting money, but you really have to reframe that into like, hey, it's an investment to learning what's not working and working. And, and I think people make the mistake of they, they think it's a waste of money because they're not writing down what they're doing. So when, you're, when, you, when you work with founders that are really like methodical, they write down, okay, I tested this ad, I tested this angle, it worked. And then that's when they realize that it's actually a testing platform. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I have not spent any ads, for example, let's say I have not spent any ads. How do you determine that customer acquisition, acquisition cost for the first time? Yeah, and I think that's, that is something where you obviously want to do some like math in the back end, like, okay, what are your cost of goods? How much you want to sell it for? Right. Ah. So yeah, you sort of like, let's say you're- I'm willing to spend. It's not yeah. like the real figure. Yeah. It's like, how much are you willing to spend? It's like, cool. Like I want, yeah. And that, uh, in the beginning, it's always an estimate. Like mm-hmm. you always have to be like, okay, I want to make, you know, 30, 40% profit margin. Like the easiest way is to sort of look at like, you know, uh, you know, uh, like marketing uh, things outlined. Oh, no. see, <laughs> see what people are doing. Yeah. But like in the beginning, it's always an estimate. And then mm-hmm. once you sort of start spending money, you'll sort of see what that true value is. Because once you start seeing the true value, then you can start adjusting your price and you're start adjusting the landing pages you're using. Because I think in the beginning for most solo founders is, is and I, I see it now all the time. I was like, oh, when's the last time you change your price? And it's like, oh, never. I was like, okay, you just like, right? Most people just make up a price and then that's it. And then they stick with it. Um, but I think once you sort of start testing more than the best companies out there, like if you think of, I was just reading the book about like uh, Netflix, how they started, the founder. And he was saying that they were customers in the beginning had like 10 different prices. Like people were paying $20 a month, $30 a month. People were getting five DVDs, 10 DVDs. And eventually once you sort of like have a good data set, then yeah. like, yeah, you determine the price. But this like, we've, yeah, this is it. And then like some he's like, he's like, okay, people that are in the lower price, they're definitely gonna be pissed off. But, you know, <laughs> but eventually like everybody's going to be somewhat happy, right? With the price that we have. But I yeah. think a lot of founders right now is they pick a price and they just never change it because it's sort of, that is the thing. So, mm-hmm. And that's going to help you with like your customer acquisition costs back to that question. Because let's say you're, let's say you want to make five more dollars and just raise the price five more dollars. And that might cost you another dollar acquisition cost, but now you're making $4 more in profit. Okay. Very helpful. So how does Boy Media help your, your clients? Who do you work with? Yeah, so Voy Media here, we mainly work with e-commerce brands, um, e-commerce brands and like some SaaS companies. And how we help clients here is obviously managing all their campaigns. But what we also do for them too is a really big thing on Facebook is obviously the creatives. So we help with the creative planning, the creative execution, and making all the ads and video ads for them with like the copywriting on top, the text on top, and just making sure that they're catchy enough so people can buy the product. So for us is it's always about that conversion to get someone to buy a product. And that's really where we mainly focus on here. Mm, being captivating enough so that people will actually stop scrolling and, and yep. click on it. Exactly. We tell people like for us, like when we're doing like, it's usually the first three seconds that we try to really optimize in order to get people to buy the product or at least stop and say, okay, why did this catch me? Or why was this 
what was this hook or what problem is this sort of ad solving? And that's really what we try to work with brands. All right. So na- great. Thank you. And now we'd like to talk about how you built your remote team and how we can manage them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a great question. Yeah, so here at Boy Media, like more than half the team is remote. Really, how we built the team was, it's an interesting question because people have been asking me this. When, when I was programming, we were always like, this is like 10 years ago, like we're always remote. I was telling you like in college, we were doing our one tiny bit, which is our development agency that we had. We were like, me and Wilson, we were just working from our bedrooms in college while the clients were in their homes. So it's interesting because that's, that's kind of like remote, but we just never thought about it. We we're just like, oh, we're just working. Already. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. And how for, do you team? Uh, yeah. So for our current team right now is, is we re- obviously there's tools, technologies that you could use. Like we use a lot of Slack a lot, right? Slack mm. is a big channel. We use Zoom a lot. We, rec- we record all our calls with our, that we have internally. That way someone else can look at them in case there ever needs to be um, uh, watched. Um, we also have like weekly meetings every week to talk about the, with the whole team, to talk about what's going on for that week. Um, yeah. We also have one-on-ones with everybody. Uh, if you, whoever, whoever's on the team and you report directly, you have one-on-ones. Um, but for us, um, that's kind of how we manage remote team. And also a lot, of, a lot of it comes down to like processes and procedures. How do you do things? And I think that is the biggest thing with any sort of company when you're remote is you just need to have like a process that you need to follow. We use a sign a lot of like, okay, this is the person that's assigned. This is the task that you're doing. Um, and then, and then again, for us, like sort of as general hiring, when we think about hiring remote people, we usually just sort of use like angel list is a really big, great place for remote employees. Mm-hmm. So what do you look out for? Yeah. So what we look out for is, is yeah, worker for remote Stop. worker. Oh. How do you find someone It's like, okay, this, this profile should be a yeah. better remote staff than someone else? Uh, I think that comes down to, yeah. yeah. I, so that's a good question. I think that comes, that comes down to kind of, sometimes it comes down to like previous experience. If they've had uh, remote work, that's always a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it, it also comes down to, do they have, at least for like, Right now, it's obviously a little different, but before when you're like a professional remote worker, um, you have like your own room, your own dedicated space in your house or like in your basement. And that means that you're very serious about remote work. So you know that, hey, like this is like, yes, it's remote work, but I'm in a place where I can be in a zone of, of excellence where I can work. Um, another thing that we look at for is just, it's just during the interview process, um, kind of like people that are just driven uh, are really good remote workers because they really want to get the task done. It doesn't really matter where they are. Um, mm-hmm. So those are stuff that you look just like in general in the interview. And of course, we've had people that that are like, we've had people that are like, oh, great, I love remote work. And then like, we just see them and just like your, your output just goes down. And then <laughs> it's just like, you're not a good remote worker. So then yeah. you just, so. but that's, that's that, not- those are kind of things that you can look for. How do you track workload? Uh, workload. I mean, so for us, it's pretty easy for the agency. It's just, we know that you have calls with clients like almost every week. So mm-hmm. you better be showing up to those. Like, uh, uh, yeah, we don't do any like time tracker type of things, but like I said before, we have like processes and procedures. Like you're supposed to be doing X amount of like the client wants like, you know, X amount of ads every week, X amount of creatives every week. So that's just stuff that like you can easily track and we're a client based, like we're a services based company. So it's like a client expects things done you know so whereas like sometimes a little different for like 
let's say programming, right? Like when I was a programmer, when I was working remotely, like no one tracked me, but like, <laughs> like you have you, to, right? to yeah. you do to deliver on timeline. Yeah. Timelines or just like, I think like with anybody, it's like, you want to at least like do something, uh, you know, but like timelines and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you still remember your very first hire? My very first hire for my, yeah, for my main your company. Still, yeah. 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 yeah still, and what, what function was it for? So that one was kind of like, uh, his name is Jackie. Um, that was just, I told somebody, I, just, I need someone to help me with bookings and sort of planning the schedule of the cleaners. He's still with the company five years later. Nice. So yeah, so it's really more like an assistant, like an extension for, of yourself to... Exactly. In the beginning, yeah. And then now, yeah, now he does his own thing. So now he really focuses on... Um, so obviously as you, the company grows up, like your role, like when you're starting, when you're hiring your first employee for a startup, it's kind of like someone that just does a little bit of everything. So that's what he was doing a little bit of whatever you needed, kind of like, okay, do this, do this. Now he just really focuses on sales for like, uh, office cleanings. So eventually like you get like specialized roles, but in the beginning, you always want somebody, even for avoid media, um, we were looking for somebody that kind of just did everything. And then we're sort of, cause we're still figuring it out. And it's like, okay, where, 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 where do we need people? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the fun in business, isn't it? That you were still figuring out. It's always figuring out and it's just always challenges, opportunity. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. Like I always tell people like every, like what, six, eight months, you're changing your company, you're changing procedures, you're changing who you're hiring, you're changing what you need. And, and I think that's, what's exciting about starting a company, especially like especially if you're growing your company. Uh, I think that's the part that's fun because you always have to like keep improving on it. So it's, yeah. it's hard. Once you have all the system established, you just pass it on to someone else and start another business. That's yeah, yeah. That's, that's sort of what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a dream. Yeah. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. So yeah. Same thing with like the maid company. It's like, okay, cool. Like it's running, it's doing its thing and it's, I'm happy with it. So uh, let it run. And then while, while I focus on this, sorry, let me Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So we're coming to the last question. How do you keep yourself motivated? Uh, that's a good one. People always ask me this one. Uh, I mean, like motivation is like, I think it's for me, it's about building cool things. And, and just like, I think it's exciting when people use your products or your services and you know that you did it right. When the made company, like I know people like love our cleaning company, Chester, people post photos of the luggages that feels good. It's like, that's like you've done something and people are looking at it. And I think, and I always tell people like, like I always look at other things around me. I'm like, like, why, like, why can't I be that person that made that? Like, it's just myself. It's just like my own bill. I can do that. I don't, I don't understand why, but obviously that, that's a big one. It's just like people looking at your products or using your services and you're just like, well, like I made that and I, I'm happy that people like it. Or I just want to be known, right. That with the products that we make or the services that we do. Awesome. That's great. And um, one last, last question. Where can our audience find you and find more, find out about you? Yeah, the, the best place is just voidmedia.com or you can just email me, just Kevin at voidmedia. Uh, but yeah, we also have a podcast too where we talk about marketing and talk to other, uh, you know, uh, e-commerce founders as well called Digital Marketing Fastlane. Okay, so it's on all. Yeah, it's on iTunes, podcast, uh, yeah, iTunes, Spotify, yeah. But yeah, we have that too. So we release like once a week. So it's pretty good. Great. Thank you so much. It's been a Thank great you. view. We got very insightful how, how you started your, especially I think around um, 
yeah, how you started Void Media and um, the re- remote worker. Because I remote think, work. Uh, yeah, especially a lot, a lot of my um, audience, especially they are just starting out in business. So that would be very helpful. I th- yeah, I think remote work is great. I think I think for people, it just starts off with um, just hiring your first remote employee and then really keeping track. I think. I think what so I was talking to my other friend recently and he's like wants to hire somebody. I think it's just about like, and sometimes in the beginning you're like, Oh, I don't want to keep track of them. Or like, you know, cause like sometimes you believe that that person is you where you're a hard worker, you can do the things done, but most people want to be tracked. When I say tracked, I don't mean in a bad way. I mean like they just want to know what to do next. They don't really want to think too much. Yeah. Where you and like you yourself and I, we're like the thinkers of the company where you want people that are just like going to execute on that, your vision. Eventually, as you get bigger and bigger, you want other thinkers because not everybody can, because then like if you're doing all the thinking, like you're going to just burn out. You want another one that's going to be like, hey, like that's how Boy Media is, right? Boy Media for me, Wilson, the partner, he does all like the account management, all the um, creatives, media buying, and then I'm doing all the sales. So like I don't have to worry about that because I know he can, he's worrying about it and he's working on that process where he knows I'm working on the sales process of bringing you clients. Um, So it's got to be like eventually you have to like hire people they're going to help you grow the company. Now, if you like this episode, share it with your friends on social media. Tag me at The Chill Mom and every month I pick a winner and you could win a surprise from me. And if you'd like to hear more on how to build a business from home while raising kids and how to manage it all without tearing your hair out, subscribe to my podcast for more episodes like this one. I'll catch you next time and thanks for listening.